Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Okay, so got a couple quick announcements and then we'll get into the episode. Um, as I've already said before, but you guys know by now, um, I've been recording these episodes in advance more than usual because um, my moods are just up and down and, you know, it gives me a little more buffer time to record and the guests a little more time because... Look, it's a wild time, and we all got to reschedule, and I built that into the schedule. Point being, uh, I love my guest who's on today, um, very, very funny comedian, and we have a great conversation, um, but must mention, we recorded this about, a, I guess, a few weeks, probably a month ago now, um, and why do I say that? Because every day, some new crazy nightmare happens, and the news changes, so that's all saying that nothing in here like everything we talk about is still very relevant uh, but if you're like why aren't you talking about x or y that's why probably because we recorded it before x and y anyways i feel like you can just apply this to a lot of the episodes going forward um because truly by the time you hear this and when i record this intro which i usually record the day before it comes out so much could possibly change um that being said here's a couple quick announcements uh that i want to make um it's almost the fifth of the month and you know what that means the super confidant newsletter will be going out very soon um if you've been on these newsletters you know they're fun and i'll tell you if you've been on them before thank you so much i see you and um especially uh the super confidants that are have been coming back every month uh i love to share my news with you and if you have not joined before and you're not sure what it is it's uh, it's just a chance to get a little more um personal information from me not like my social security or my mother's maiden name no it's like i write out basically a roundup of some personal news items and things going on in my life uh you bet because i've been alone all month there's a lot to talk about um including some pretty uh breakthrough discoveries I made um, during trauma therapy. So I'm excited to share that with you. I usually include a video link as well as some photos and additional things. Um, that being said, okay, so the Super Confidant newsletters really do help because this is a podcast I do for free out of my own time and I don't get paid for. But um, I also know there's like so many causes right now to be giving your money to and I don't want to take that away. So if you want to be on the newsletter and you are like, I just don't want to donate money to um the newsletter that's totally fine um donate your money somewhere else but just send me a little note tell me anything pod at gmail.com uh email me a note tell me you want to join the super confidant newsletter you know and let me know where you're donating your money to um and and i'll put you on the newsletter for free this month um so i really do want to encourage you all to be giving money to where it is most important right now if you need some causes um the Milwaukee Bail Fund, there's the Black Lives Matters Fund is still going. I mean, there's a lot going on right now. Um, I mean, now there's like the hur Hurricane Fund. If you want to start more local, I definitely encourage you to check out your local um, like mutual aid groups and community groups. Uh, there's probably a lot of great community-led organizations in your area that can point you to some mutual aid funds. Um, I like to donate on a small level, I mean, on a local level because it feels like you're helping the community. But of course, all these causes, big or small, are important right now. So whatever you feel speaks to your heart give your money there, shoot me a note, tell me anything pod at gmail.com. I'll put you on the super confidant newsletter for free. Um, 
I usually cut that list off on the fifth of the month and the newsletter goes out sometime the following week. So just send me the note by September 5th um, and I'll put you on the list. And if you did want to, don't, uh, if you did want to, you know, support the podcast, it's paypal.me slash tell me any, you can tell me anything. Sorry. Paypal.me slash you can tell me anything. Once again, I really just encourage you to donate to your causes. Um, I'm just including the PayPal because some of you, some of you, I've refunded your don't your super confidant, um, which because I'm like donate this to a good cause, and you've been so generous and said keep it. So I am continuing to donate as well. So if you want to, you know, send me money, that's appreciated. I will continue to support those causes. But um, yeah, I encourage you to just find a cause you like and do that. Uh, if you didn't hear the last announcement I made, I'll say it again. I actually stopped using the confessions line, mostly because it wasn't very much in use by now. Um, so I, d- I doubt this will be <laughs> very sad news for anyone. But in case you were one of those people thinking about calling the confessions line and never did, well, it's too late. That's okay. You can still reach me in many other ways. Email me um, at tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com or just tweet or DM me directly on Instagram. I probably will see uh, your DMs to the podcast more because sometimes on my personal Instagram, I just don't always read the unknown messages. So if you want to message me on the podcast Instagram, it's tell me anything pod. Um, but if you want to try reaching me other ways, at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but really the best way, if especially if this is podcast related and you're a confidant, reach me through the podcast. I read all those letters and messages. And uh, one more announcement. I mentioned I was going to sell merch, and I'm doing it. Um, I'm very excited to be selling some limited edition Cancel Me Daddy hats. Yep, that's what that sounds like. They're dad hats, you know, like baseball caps, Um, except they say Cancel Me Daddy. If you want to see a photo of it, go to my website, TeresaLeeComedy.com slash shop. Um, They should be uh, announced and open for standard orders uh, in the next two weeks, but, um, the pre-orders, because we're going so fast, I had to stop them. Um, I'm very, very grateful for all the pre-orders that came in, but if you want those hats, um, definitely check out that website, make sure you like it. Um, and yes, shoot me a note if you're like just dying to make, to make sure you get a hat because then I can, you know, prioritize you and send you an email when they're available. Um, but if, if they really do sell out and enough people want them, I'm sure I can make more. Um, on that note, I do th- I am encouraged by how much you guys like the, the hat that I I think I will be making a few more things. So if you have um, if you have anything you particularly want, definitely let me know. But I think I have uh, some clothing coming soon, especially in the vein of um, crop tops or tube tops. Maybe just a graphic tee, but you know, I got to keep it on brand. And um, I think there are going to be some masks as well um, coming out shortly. So stay tuned for that. And that's pretty much it for the announcements. Um, I hope you guys are having an okay week and staying safe and, you know, doing all the things that you need to do and enjoy this episode. All right. You can tell her. You can tell her. It's your girl, Father Long Legs. This is me, Daddy T. 
This is You Can Tell Me Anything. This is a podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. And we've been doing it over Zoom. I honestly don't think I'll ever go back. This is way better, easier, don't have to drive, you know. Um, but very excited to have on the podcast today, very, very funny comedian and lawyer and um, political tweeter and recent podcast co-host of, of the Cancelled Podcast uh, with Caleb Sinan. Please welcome to the podcast, Troy Walker. What's up? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah. What's your, um, what's canceled about? G give us a quick little log line. So canceled for me and Caleb, it basically is just, um, it's not really about anything. Uh -huh. It's really more just, um, I mean, some of it will be political and pop culture. It's basically just us sort of talking about what's going on in the world mm -hmm. at the time. And uh, in, in the way that we we do if just hanging out, gotcha. joking around, shooting oh, the shit. And so the, we titled it that because <laughs> doing that, undoubtedly, we're going to say something. So we just think it's funny, like the idea of like- Canceled which one is of us canceled. Is, yeah, well, just which one of us is going to be the one that's going to oh say a God. thing. That's funny. I, I do really love podcasts like that where it's just because that's how a lot of the early ones I listen to where it's just like friends having fun and being funny and you're just yeah. like hanging out. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's what we think. And we just kind of, I guess in, in a way, the whole canceled thing is sort of like an ironic joke for us because mm -hmm. neither one of us is like a horrible person. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I don't, at least I hope. <laughs> And so it's sort of more of a thing of like that we're we're it, it, we're kind of like sending it up a little bit. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. So and, and that's such a that's such a zeitgeist sort of thing right now. I always hate saying I'm selling merch because I'm not actually. I don't feel like I'm at the level to sell merch, but I'm making hats that say "Cancel Me, Daddy," and uh, <laughs> they're like they're like dad hats, baseball hats. That's great. But I I'm with you on that. It is fun to um, poke fun at. Because I well, think, yeah. yeah, there's definitely, like, an element of gravitas to, like, the original idea of, like, call-out culture and cancel culture, but we've kind of moved to this point of, like, insanity, and it must be said. <laughs> well, yeah, and also, I mean, that's, like, the thing that kind of makes comedy really fun to yeah. me, is hanging out with your friends and saying outrageous shit. Mm -hmm. Pushing and, buttons, yeah. And making yeah. them spit, like, do spit takes almost. Like, sometimes yeah, I'll say things I don't like believe. That. Cause you yeah. know, in the room, someone will laugh, but now it's like, if there's a microphone on, well, yeah, I mean, it's but, still like, hopefully not that bad, but you know, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, because there's no, there's no intent to say right. anything wild at all. Anyway, it's like, just to poke fun and have fun. It, yeah. It's, it's literally just us being like, Oh, did you see this shit? Oh, what did you think of the convention? Like yeah. just talking, but the, yeah, yeah. It sort of is just the idea being that, yeah. The two of us together goofing around <laughs> are undoubtedly going to fuck up. That's uh, we won't say anything horrible <laughs> that will actually get us canceled. Well, I hope canceled doesn't get canceled. But before we get too far, I like to start by asking um, I guess, for a good confession. Just to start on a positive note, is there something good you want to confess? Um, I kind of enjoy quarantine. <laughs> okay okay it's a little sheepish in the in the execution there but what well, so i'm sensing that you feel are you ashamed of liking it i mean i think that this is totally a fine opinion to have well yeah but i mean i don't want it to sound insensitive because mm -hmm. so many people are having 
a really tough time. Do you enjoy the part where people are sick? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that part for sure. Uh, no, you enjoy really being alone and uh, having time for yourself? I like that, and I kind of like the, like, yeah, there's, like, a little less pressure mm -hmm. on stuff, and it's kind of, um, you know, oh, s stay in your house and watch TV. Don't threaten me with a good time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Have <laughs> you like seen little... uh, Palm Springs? I mean, this is not no. a movie podcast, but I guess anyone listening, but you especially, I think, would like it. I just watched it. I love it, and it reminded yeah. me of the good, good parts of quarantine, but also the anxieties it creates but no i haven't watched it at all do you um, have you heard of it or do you know what it i've is? heard okay. i've heard like people being like oh palm springs is great yeah. or you know um but i i haven't had a chance to watch it yet uh well now you got all this time <laughs> i do have yeah there's time and like i don't know i'm starting to be like i need to get like creative i need to start like making shit again because i've been just sitting in here getting fat <laughs> and like ordering shit <laughs> I feel like the that that's part of the point of like I mean I'm with you in that horrible conditions to be in but the positives of quarantine uh there are a lot of positives just like when we were not in quarantine there are a lot of negatives and positives and I think um one of the positives I found is just learning like how to just understand myself more and I think statements like because I, I also say that I, this is not a criticism it's more like I'm hearing myself in it when you said I need to be more creative I literally think that all the time ah, I need to start doing this I need to start doing this but I feel like the one plus side of quarantine is realizing like no I don't need to do anything I could if I wanted to but I am like there's no teacher or like principal who's like you gotta do like you are that to yourself so you could say like I want to do this but I feel like it's still you wanting to. So I don't know if that helps frame it a little. Like you have no pressure because if you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. And that's kind of it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think like one of the things about, especially being in LA, mm -hmm. as you well know, is, uh, you know, in the before times, yeah, yeah, yeah. like there would be stuff I would want to do. Like sure. maybe I would get home from work and I would want to just hang out mm -hmm. or I'd want to just, you know, play video games or watch a movie or whatever. And there would be this like pressure of like, mm. you can't do that. You need to go to something, you need to get out. You need to go to something. You need to like work on that thing. You need yeah. to do, something. you know, you know what I mean? You need to be writing joke, like something, uh, because it just always feels like you're on the wheel yeah. and quarantine, like ended all of that. Yeah. Cause it's like, <laughs> cause there's such a thing here of like, Everybody else is hustling. I need to be hustling. Yes. And then quarantine was like, everybody's sitting the fuck down. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I get to kind of, and I think what I've been trying to think of is like, you know, cause I'll have like friends who are like freaked out, especially like friends who, you know, those people who are like really unhappy if they're not busy. Mm, you're you talking I mean? to one of those people. <laughs> huh? You're talking to one of those people. Oh yeah. Where they're like, but like, the way I think of it is like, when this is all over, and yeah. it will be at some point, there will probably never again in our lives be a time mm -hmm. where we're forced to just stay still. Like for yes. the rest of your life, for all of the rest of your life, all of your days, <laughs> as soon as it's over, there will always be movie theaters to go to, restaurants to go to, parties to go to. 
uh-huh. shows to do, things to hang out with people, blah, 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 blah. There'll be all this other stuff to do, and you will have to force yourself to make time yes. to work, take a break. This is probably the only time in your life hmm. where you you have to sit down and chill. That's and interesting. You don't really have another option. And yeah. instead of being frustrated by it, like embracing how actually kind of great that is because it'll never happen again. You know, I, okay, so I'm already like hearing things that I love and uh, I'm learning a lot, but I don't know if you're mean, meaning to, ex, ex, uh, what's the word, expose that much, but I am learning a lot about you from that because I, I feel similarly. I'm one of those people who very much is unhappy if I'm not busy often you could say it's coping um and i probably am unhappy when i'm busy too to be honest but (laughs) but i remember the feeling you're talking about now i actually distinctly remember in college having a moment like that and being like uh, relieved and it was when i was studying abroad um because it was like sophomore year summer or spring and my fall of sophomore year i had like one of the busiest i just took on way too much i came from like overachieving high school and i was like i i took night classes at FIT. I was on three dance teams. I signed up for two classes for no credit because I wanted to. Like one was choir, like just dumb shit that I did not need to do. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to work out. I need to learn to cook. I need to get a boyfriend. I need like insane. Mm -hmm. And I had full classes 8 a.m. But when I was so stressed that and I didn't like check in with myself. And then I went abroad and to France. And the minute I got to France, I was like, oh, my God, I literally am in a new country none of my commitments exist like they do and they don't like I can go back to the teams when I go back but I'm in France I don't have to talk to anybody I literally have a clear schedule and I felt like it was amazing feeling and it kind of reminded me of what you're talking about but what I learned from that was kind of like oh shit I think I was doing more than I needed to and there is this like pressure from outside and inside but the reality is, like, if you're feeling that much, like, it's probably not as productive as you think either. I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Um, <laughs> I just, but I also feel like in this town and with what we're all trying to do, yeah. especially, there is kind of a thing of, like, you know, potluck is every Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, they're very much like, uh, I'm, every year I'm like, I'm going to start hanging out at the store more. I'm going to go yeah. to improv more. And then like after like a three hour mic, I'm like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, it's, you get exhausted to do the thing you love. Cause I love comedy, right. but you're tired yeah. thinking about it. You get, yeah. yeah. And you, you know, when you move here, like back home, like back in Denver, uh, you know, big fish, small pond, like mm-hmm. doing as many shows as I wanted to or not do or, or didn't, uh, at, the comedy works is like the best club mm-hmm. there is. And you, you just didn't have that. If I didn't, if I didn't want to do a night or something, it was like, fun. but like, you didn't feel like you didn't have constantly have that, like, got to stay on the wheel. Kind yeah. Of thing. And I feel like here because of that, it would be, there would be you know, like lots of days where I would get home and be like, yeah. Now I got to drive to West Hollywood and like stand in line on that patio. Like I've been I'm so tired, <laughs> mm. but you got to just make yourself do it. Yeah. And 
it's not that I'm saying that it's good that it's gone or anything, because I don't think that. And I obviously, again, like recognize how much people are hurting and, and are struggling with it in a lot of ways. And But I just feel like in some ways it's what makes it, what can make it unpleasant is mm. the like urge to fight against sitting still (laughs) and it's one of those things where it's like like one of my friends i was talking to back home she was like so miserable she was like oh i'm just in my house and like my friends don't want to hang out and like i can't do that and i was just like well just fucking chill (laughs) like because because i was like you know you're 32 or whatever and probably by sometime next year yeah it's all done and it'll go back to everyone being you know the world will go back to its thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there will always be stuff to do Mm -hmm. demands and everything else and for the rest of your life yeah you're gonna miss having a forced boredom yeah yeah it's like one of those things where I guess it's sort of a change your mindset thing. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, if you're, I get, that's why I guess why I was like hesitant to say it. Cause right. Cause some people are, like yeah, I see what you mean. Some people are working harder, but I don't think, I mean, this is the reality is like when, like you are an empathetic person and you, that's why you're, th- you're checking yourself, but because you're empathetic, nobody's going to read this as insensitive, but I understand what you're, your your hesitation is because it's truly how you feel and you're not saying it's good and you want other people to suffer but i think um other people who don't think that would come off insensitive but i can tell that you're like coming from a just this is how you feel and not because like you're taking the best of the truth of the situation which i think is yeah it's sort of like um it's sort of like in everything there's kind of sort of uh advantages in a way like even like zoom shows like Mm. a lot of people aren't really liking the zoom shows but there are some sort of uniquely cool things you can do with them sure yeah that i've noticed where you can use the camera yes for to make act outs yeah visceral you can that's you can actually be in the moment is the thing like it sounds like you're good at being present I don't know if that, I mean, I do sort of know because we've talked outside of this that you go to therapy and I'm curious like how much of that is how you are as a person and how much of this is like stuff you're working on and acting. Cause I, it, I, it shows for sure that you're like very positive about, like you're not saying I'm ignoring bad things, but you're acknowledging the situation and then being present and making the most of it after acknowledging the reality. Well, I, yeah, I think it's like, it's one of those things where Obviously, it's terrible if people are struggling with how to pay for rent and food. And, you know, that's why we need the expanded money and things Mm. from the government. They need to just get that done. But I also, I I guess what I'm saying is, is that because it's, this is a once in a lifetime thing, Mm -hmm. it's not... Like, to me, I think of it like if you sort of embrace the sit down, it might be kind of like. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. 
Yeah. You know, I hear There's that. Never going to be another time. I, and I, I can time. relate to that as well. Cause I am one of those people who needs to be busy. And I think a little bit of it is internal pressure, but it's like you said, this industry makes you feel like I, I just need to check things off the list. I need to be out every night. Meanwhile, now that I'm literally not allowed to, I have actually gotten way more done than I ever have. Like, which is sad. Like, I'm not actually doing better to be fair, like <laughs> financially or career wise, but I finally, like I wrote, I've actually been finishing like features and shorts and like, you know, actually making the stupid merch, which is all stuff in the past. I was like, maybe I'll do it. But now that I'm like, I probably need money. I am, but I really do mm -hmm. miss stand up. I'm not saying I would choose this over that, but in the oh, same yeah, way. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, but I, I relate to what you're it's saying, not, like I... taking the situation and instead of going, I'm waiting. Cause there's this feeling that we're waiting for it to end. You just go, no, I'm alive and I'm here. So I'm not, I'm, I'm glad when it ends, but instead of acting like I'm waiting in line, I'm going to be here. Like wherever I am now is the front of the line of the thing I'm at instead of being like, I'm in a line for the next thing. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And also, and I, and I'm not even just referring to just stand up. Cause like my friend back home is like, does like marketing, mm. but she was just going insane in her townhouse. <laughs> because Damn. she lives alone and you know nobody like her friends didn't want to meet up or whatever because yeah. it's locked down and she just is not used to having to sit still in her house and it was like she was just like this is the worst thing and i was just like <laughs> think about it like you're like literally all you have to do because and you know she's in a different position she's got money or whatever but like if it's it's like a thing where if you're you're it's or like my mom like my mom is uh in her 70s so she can't mm -hmm. you know she has to be at home and at first she was like really bothered because my mom's very like my mom likes to TJ Maxx in the Home Depot. And then like, when I go home and visit, the house is completely different. I'm like, what was this? Like all the time. And so she's a very active person who likes to be out in the street all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden now she has to like, she's been stuck in her house, mm -hmm. you know, with, it's just her and that dog and it's <laughs> since March. So, you know, but it was kind of a thing of like, yeah, that's, that's awful and I miss her and I hate that she's mm. you know trapped in this house um, but at the same time mm -hmm. it's not the like it, it can be kind of maybe good to <laughs> sit still for a yeah. little bit and that's it, it, I, I guess I just mean don't worry. I'm not going to cancel you, Troy. I am agreeing with you. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Okay. Um, I want to add one thing to this, but, and then we can move on. But I think that what you said about being stuck in the house is interesting because, you know, we kind of created these things like, you know, back in the day, literally like houses didn't exist. Right. Or they were really flimsy. And we've created this like setup, elaborate setup of needs that we need to live. Like, you know, down to internet and house and decorations like if you know if you don't have a cool mattress if you don't have more than two sets of sheets like eh, it's not very good standards but and these are all kind of things we've slowly over time created it's not like one person overnight was like haha but now that we're stuck with all these things and if you are in a comfortable enough place to kind of get by for a few months and it feels like you're suffocating that's a very interesting like cognitive dissonance i think like there's this perspective it puts because I also feel I'm alone and I, I'm not good alone and I've had a lot of panic attacks. 
But as I have them, I'm also very aware that I have all these things that would be much worse if I didn't have them. Like if I, oh, yeah. I didn't have, you know, internet and power and my dog and like, I'm very comfortable. I don't mean to complain, but I also, I think it's important to acknowledge, like the point isn't to ignore your needs it's to acknowledge it all, the good and the bad, acknowledge the privilege and go, I also feel bad. And, and that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to have both. Um, oh, no, hundred yeah. percent is okay. I guess I was saying that like, uh, as far as her, I was just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just in a general sense of like, this will never happen again. Yeah, For the rest of your life, there will be demands upon you. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, it, it, it might be a thing where in two years, like, fuck, man, remember quarantine? Remember quarantine. Yeah, shit. yeah what did you do? <laughs> and there's going to be a list that are like, you were this type of person now if you were this during quarantine or... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Look, kind of, answer these questions. We'll tell you what you did during quarantine. <laughs> yeah, um, and I just kind of think there's, in a way, a way of thinking of it that's sort of in a grand scheme sense. Yeah. Um, that it it can be maybe not the worst thing for us to have to sort of slow down a little bit, just totally. individually. Um, well, speaking said, of yeah, speaking of um, things that you think, Troy. Uh, well, is there anything you want to tell me? Uh, my confession is that I like the Democratic Party. I'm a Democrat, not like a, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm just not as. I'm. You uh, like yeah. the Democratic Party as okay? Yes, I like I this because Democrat. we'll definitely get into this because uh, I'm also a registered Democrat. But I know you're you're kind of hinting at this. There's a lot of critiques right now, especially in 2020, about the Democratic Party as a political body. Um, but yeah. I, like, so what, when you say you're a Democrat, take me through a little bit, like what you mean by that? Are you like, you're like actively like, are you kind of, uh, I an mean, active, like you're informed and involved and like, like the candidates or you're like, I support the left because they're the left or like, where do you fall on this? I spectrum? mean, I don't, I don't just see, like, I don't necessarily have a problem with the two party system. Mm -hmm. And I like uh in institutions okay generally because it, <laughs> be, because i believe that institutions like i think that a lot of times it's sort of like i don't see a ton of difference between the rip it all down thing on the mm, right and the mm -hmm. rip it all down thing on the left but to me they're sure. sort of they're similar in the sense that rarely to me does it seem yes. like it's been thought of like what happens after yeah. that and what you and I think there's a lot of, I guess what I would say is, I'm a fucking sort of one of the guys they call centrist. <laughs> like, well, it's like a, like some sort of horrible thing, even though I'm not. Well, I'm curious. Be, okay. Cause there are, there, I'm curious cause <laughs> there are, and it's not, you're not alone. There, I mean, obviously a lot of people are centrist. That's why they're called centrist, but I'm curious, um, cause there's to, to clarify, cause there's like centrists who are like, this is what I think because I think it's the best. And then there's centers who are like realists who are like, if I were writing the rules, I'd make things more extreme, but I also know that I want to win. And so I actually don't think this is that bad to go down the middle of the road. So are you kind of more like anti-extremism or you're a little more like you've seen all the facts and you're kind of like understanding how the system works? I'm both. Okay. Where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? Or was it a democratic area? Yeah. Or a, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm black, so we're all like... <laughs> 
but like um uh, in terms of like like uh i don't know was it a i mean i grew up in the bay and it was like very democrat it's almost like you had to actively work to be a republican well well but when I, I guess what i mean is when i say oh i'm centrist i say that in the sense that the the, the people on the far <laughs> left would say i was a centrist even though i feel like i'm a fucking <laughs> hard liberal and i'm like how the fuck <laughs> yeah well like, last night on comedy quarantine you you said uh and i it's because you said this i hope you don't mind me repeating that you yeah. actually like joe biden so i think that kind I of defines like what you mean by centrist right well, i like, guess what i mean is i'm not a very particularly ideological person okay i i don't really think i think that a lot of times ideology can yield bad outcomes mm -hmm. because it's dictated by something other than the actual yes. facts and the and reality huh and the, well kind of speaking to the themes you were talking about earlier about understanding all the facts and the reality and being here for it instead of waiting like ideology puts this goal in the future as if you're already there instead of actually doing the steps to get there well yeah i think it's group thinking yeah because i i think it ends up being this thing where it paints this frame on almost every single thing and it's not i just don't think the world works like that and hmm. i think that you know i think it ends up forcing black and white views on almost yes. everything and i don't think that's <laughs> the world i think that people are complicated issues are gray like everything is 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 complicated i think there's lots of things where you push here on the system and it breaks something over here mm -hmm. and ideology tells you push here yeah and well, don't even think about all the rest of this shit. i <laughs> i'm um this is interesting because i think a lot of times people describe me as like meek and moderate but by and i used to think i was very much like i have a lot of libra energy even though i'm a scorpio like i don't know if you like astrology but very much balance they're all about the scale um but recently like in the last few years i because of being in la and constantly having to look at how people look at me i realized like just by walking in a room like i am a radical like i'm already not centrist by like who i am like i'm like a queer asian comedian in Mm -hmm. and i'm like a twin and we, like it's just like i'm already like damn even if i'm the most central view by default someone's already categorizing me differently and that's when i started like just being like what do i really think so i actually don't think i'm really anything but i always vote left but i i think that a lot of my views don't always line up with people because i will tweak them to what i feel uh like cancel culture i'm not a big fan of just canceling everybody uh which yeah. i think is a big left thing but i also um I'm curious because I think so you're a lawyer, right? And you so yeah. you have a very academic background. And yeah. I also approach a lot of like these issues through a like intellectual lens. I'm curious like where did you always kind of feel like this growing up or did you kind of develop this through school and debating like what do you kind of or I don't know if you know, but like it seems you're very sure of your point of view. So I'm curious well, where this developed. I think there are a lot of factors in that. I think that um, I think that first I'm not from California and I feel like, you know, I've only been here five years, uh -huh. so I'm from Colorado and I feel like a lot of times I'll talk to people out here and I'll be like, have you been 
<laughs> outside of the because, world yeah yeah because yeah. i'll sort of be like i feel like there's it is sort of this bubble yeah um and it is sort of this thing where i'll be like that's just not that just is not what it's like out there and those that's not that's just not accurate like i feel like so yeah. i feel like in part it's informed because I, I, like Colorado is an interesting place and it was really interesting to me. Um, a great example was uh, how many, I feel like people that I knew who this is going to get very, very boringly political, but <laughs> I feel like it sort of uh, illuminates my point. Uh, I feel like there are a lot of people who I would see on Twitter who would be like, you know, Hickenlooper was running against Romanoff, right? And when Hickenlooper was running for president, everybody was like, fuck that guy, right? <laughs> they were like, that that guy, that guy is like this, he's basically a Republican, like uh -huh. all this shit. And then he beat the absolute shit out of Andrew Romanoff <laughs> in the Democrat primary. And anybody from there could have told you that because I feel like what happens a lot of times here is people will look at states and they'll go, that state's blue. Mm -hmm. It's just, but it's not really that. It's not yeah. like, it's, it would be purple if the Republicans weren't crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I kind of understand. Cause I feel like I went to school in New York, which both elite, like California and New York, similar. But I've traveled a bit and I've, uh, through comedy and all this and I, I will admit, growing up in the Bay, I was very much of that, like, sort of Bay Area liberal, which is, like, you, you're liberal on certain things, but you're also very naive and uh, honestly a little bit ignorant about a lot of things. Like, there's a holier-than-thou feeling, and I've really worked uh, against that, although I'm sure it's still embedded in me. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying, because that, that's the kind of people I grew up with. They, they think that by just saying they donate to human rights and they care about human rights, that's enough, but then they'll you know, be mad at homeless people outside of their luxury building in San Francisco. And you're like, they're, you're, they're oh, also like, citizens of their oh. fellow citizens and other, um, like they're your neighbor, literally yeah. un the unhoused people in your city are your neighbors and you're not going to invite them to your like barbecue. So like, you're obviously not thinking about them as a neighbor, but not only that, but you're complaining about that. So there's like a, this weird disconnect. Oh, yeah. I see a lot. Yeah. There's a huge like nimbyism among mm -hmm. the like effete liberal like yeah. left. But my thing is like this why I'm a Democrat because I believe that in the richest country on the face of the planet, not just now, but in all of human history, it makes no sense to ever have anybody who doesn't have food, shelter, shelter or health. Yeah. Now to me, how we get there you know, we can figure that out. Mm -hmm. I, it's not, to me, it is not necessarily just ripping everything. Like, to me, I'm like, there are a lot you of You don't want to write, write America the way the Game of Thrones writers ended that show? Well, no, and I think that's, and I think that part of what bothers me about that is it's like this thing where I go, and maybe it's because the neighborhood I grew up in was not good. Um, and it was... Uh, I mean, you couldn't have anything. Yeah. Just break-ins all the time. Like, and 
I wonder sometimes, I feel like I'll see some of the, when, when shit gets extreme, I'm like, I don't really think you thought this through. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think that sometimes a lot of it guided by ideology, it, it, it hasn't been like for me, a, I think that's why a lot of Bernie's pitch never worked on me ever. Wait, can you cl- clarify there? This is where you get more knowledgeable than me. What, so like, what, what is for example, so I, so I agree, everybody should have food, shelter, healthcare, right? I think we should spend our money that we have differently. Uh-huh. Wait, did you say um, Bernie's pitch? Did I hear that right? Or I was saying Bernie's. Bernie's oh, Bernie. Like, okay. Pitch. Oh, I do know Bernie. Sorry. I was like, Bernie's yeah. pitch. Is that a thing yeah. I should know? <laughs> no, okay. Bernie. Yeah, Bernie's I was thinking pitch, like this you know? is a ter- the, like a law school term that I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. like Occam's but razor. I, I'm like, okay, Bernie. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> so I think because I, like for me, I go, okay, I agree that everyone should have access to education, for example, and to uh, college. So how do we accomplish that? To me, it's like, there's like a lot of ways we maybe accomplish that. Yeah. It's not necessarily to just have the government pay for it. Because to me, this seems like the initial issue is that college costs a fake price. It's not a real price. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't true. actually cost the 180 fucking thousand dollars for them to educate you. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't, to me, solve the problem to have the government pay the 180 because it shouldn't cost 180 grand. Yeah. So to me, the first issue is how do you make it cost what it should cost? Like there's a but bigger problem. Well, you know that the Lori Laughlin um, news actually, I feel like illustrates it well because she just got sentenced to two months in prison, but she had spent at least $500,000 to bribe USC and then a million dollars bail, which she posted because she's rich. And right. already with all that money, you've got enough money first of all, like more than I've ever had. So why am I trying to go to college to get a job and make money to at least support myself and maybe one day start a family? Who knows if I'll ever have enough to even support myself? You know what I mean? So it's like, we want to go to college to even get to where she is. So she's starting from the end and it's not enough and she can't get in. So there's a couple problems, not just that it's, you know, unethical, but if we're going to look at her as a human, which a lot of people on the left don't like to see the opposition as human, but I'm like, okay, I'm not excusing her, but she is a human. So she felt that it was so hard for her to get her kids in college. So maybe there's another problem. Why is college, like, shouldn't every college be good? Shouldn't, as it gets harder, every college get better? And shouldn't we start to, like, get more Harvards instead of just one Harvard? But we don't think that way, and then the resources get scarcer, and then there's this gaping disconnect. Like, how do you spend that much money and fail and how am I still paying back my loans? And like, I would would go to jail for two months to like pay back my loan. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like, the thing is, it's a fucking hustle. <laughs> like, like higher education. It doesn't education. have to be is kind of the key because for exactly. her, it's a totally different playing field. The whole, but I mean, like the whole thing. Yeah. Where it, where you get. So what they do is they go, so basically we made, we made a policy decision that I agree with where we go. We think that everyone should have uh, the opportunity to uh, go to college or and if, if they want to, if they have the aptitude and ability, everyone mm-hmm. should have the right to do that. And money should not be an obstacle to that. And then our solution to that was to go, cool, so we'll just give you loans and you do whatever you want to do. So we'll give you the loans. And then 
the school pockets that money and they pocket that money never giving you without any sort of guarantee that they're going to give you an education that will actually enable you to pay that loan back. So then they pocket the money and they skate and the government sells that loan to a private lender and that private lender then hounds you. So the government goes, we don't have it. Yeah. And now you're just sitting around with a degree in (laughs) fucking Middle Eastern history. No, it's worse. Screenwriting. (laughs) Right, yeah, that's, I mean, well, that one might pay off your fucking loans. I don't know, I don't know. But it's like, it's one of those things where, like, to me, the initial issue was that college, the market was distorted with the free money because what it did was it incentivized the schools to just start, how do we get as, how do we get students to pay this money? And it wasn't about educating people anymore. And it wasn't about giving you a degree that would help you get ahead. It was about making the money. But there's a paradox there because in order to understand this, you need education. And the people with the education feel that they earned it and they need to make it. So then they continue making the system harder. Like you just described, I mean, not to get too into economics, but it's very fascinating now because it's such, you know, it's an election year and there's a lot of uh, misinformation around it. Like the idea of debt and like, we can print the fed can print trillions and it won't really affect the government borrows it's fake money like money's fake it's truly (laughs) fake and donors will donate especially on the extreme right where there's a lot of money and there's a very specialty groups that are like very anti-community like there's like you know the brothers who literally will like pollute the world and you know burn up earth in order to save their asses they are willing to put so much money into not into policies that will make them not have to pay more money later, but they actually end up spending so much to begin with. Like there is this, like, not that we would all sell ourselves, but I'm like, if all these Republicans actually just like drop, like drop your dick on the table, like drop your cash that you're going to put towards policy and then distribute it amongst us. Maybe we'll have enough to just like, yeah, fucking do your policies. Maybe like, just give it to me. Like maybe we'll be like, okay. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I guess my thing is like, we already, we have have so much goddamn money. It It doesn't make any sense. And the thing is, well, what doesn't work for me is, well, we'll just, we'll just keep it. Well, it'll still cost 180 grand. Yeah. It shouldn't cost that. Yeah. The reason it costs that is they take that fucking 180 grand and then they go and they build a big stadium yeah. and then they don't pay the, they the, don't the football players. players. Yeah. And then you work as a barista paying off $180,000 oh, of loans. And on the weekends, you put on a fucking hat yeah. of the people who are playing the sport. Like it's, it's fun. It's, it's such wild. a hustle. And my thing is, <laughs> is that it doesn't make any sense <laughs> To just have the government pay that money it shouldn't cost that in the first place and so when i what i come from is and, and this is why i would say like i like the i like the democratic party because i believe in those things and sure. i'm and also because the republicans are insanely fucking racist. what do you okay but, if the republican party didn't exist because like i a lot of times we're in opposition to that's the one to me, what I don't like about Tea Party, even though I understand, I've studied other governments, I understand why we do it. But yeah. but if, let's say right now, for the sake of just getting to know you more, the Republican Party as we know it now doesn't exist. So the Democrats exist as they are. What do you like about them and what don't you like? Because, not in opposition to, but like, let's say you're just deciding yes or no on this thing by itself. Well, I guess I would say that that's a hard question to answer. And the reason that it's, I mean, I would never be a fucking Republican because I don't believe in 
I don't believe in just cutting taxes reflexively. I don't believe yeah. in any of that shit. But in this world, it's not, you're not comparing it. You're just like, right. hey, Troy, I got you a, a, a proposition for a party, and it's the Democratic Party. And it's like, you haven't seen other options yet. There could be another option. Do you like what you're seeing? Like, what are your notes? Well, so these would be, again, I guess it's kind of hard because it is about a choice, right? Like, it is about a choice of which one you choose hmm. to be part of, right? And it's, so it's Maybe. hard to go, like, well, would you be part of it if there was, you didn't have to choose? And you go, like, I don't know. I don't know that I would be part of anything if I didn't <laughs> have to choose it. Well, I, I guess I'm trying to, so I'm kind of get at what you were talking about earlier, this idea of, like, states aren't just blue. Like, I actually agree with a lot of what you're saying. I don't think I'm necessarily, like, full-on Democrat like you, but I agree with the fact that, we shouldn't think of things so binary. Like we're kind of cornering ourselves and the Republicans know this because we're not playing the same game. Their values are not to save everyone. So they're willing to play with our lives. Our values are just so like when they push us into corners to like make a statement that's in opposition to them, we're f being forced into a, a choice. Whereas I kind of think there is a little more room for like overlap if the Democrats were like, Here's actually what we want to create, which we think is the perfect party. The Republicans will still exist, but we have this thing. And maybe, like, for example, uh, I'm not actually, I'm very much a pacifist, but I do think the Democrats could get a, more of Republicans if we were more, we we're open to a guns rights discussion. And I'm not talking about guns rights, like, let's not, let's totally allow mass shootings. But I'm talking about we've been forced by the, gun lobby to be so anti-gun that now you're seeing shit where you're like people aren't talking yeah. and i think the yeah. democrats lose on discourse because of these binary ways of thinking right and i guess that's kind of what i'm I, like i don't this is what i think i guess in part <laughs> it, it depends on how what you think government should do and i think and i guess this is a broader point i think that as far as the Democratic Party, what, like, what do I like about them? So things like Social Security, things like Medicare, things like I, I believe in a robust social safety net. That's what makes mm -hmm. me a Democrat. But I also like capitalism. So I, because I, I want to high five you because I'll, I like capitalism, too. But when it works, no, I don't like the <laughs> shitty parts. But so but many of I, my guests who like social programs are like so extreme Marxist that I'm like, and yeah, I, I, I'm not I necessarily there. Yeah. I can't get with any of that. And the reason is, is that like, for example, I really liked Elizabeth Warren because what Warren's trying to do is make capitalism better Yeah. because it does have a harshness to it. And it does have a, um, you know, there, there's an outgrowth of that creative destruction, right? So, which is people can, people can be hurt by that. People can lose their jobs. They can fall through the crap. And to me, what we want to do is put a floor under that. And also when you're talking, when Warren's talking about breaking up banks, she's talking about breaking up monopolies. That's about making capitalism work better because mm. competition is that. <laughs> so yeah. to me, like, but I don't want to centralize everything. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't think that that's better. Yeah, I, I, like, I see. 
you know, so I, I think that you're not trying to make radical change, but you're trying to make, you know, what's interesting is I think this is my theory. I don't know if it's totally the way you would talk about politics. I'm not a scholar, but I think a lot of the political parties, like people in them, not like the leaders who are corrupt people, it's are they think they're arguing over values, but they're not really because at the basis, everyone is kind of arguing for their own needs, right? Like food, safety, um, housing, but in a different way, right? Uh, and I think the difference is actually not values, but who you consider people. So the Democrats, I think, have a wider range of who we consider people. So we're like, all people need, you know, food, housing, shelter. And the Republicans are like, all people need food, housing, shelter. But they're like, but people are my people, my family, me, I'm people, you're not people. And I think that's why we clash when we argue, because when I mean, I've done it too, but I'm like, oh, you're bigoted or you're racist. They're like, well, I'm a good person. I care about my family. And you're like, well, that is actually true. You do care about your family, but you don't think I'm your family, even though we're both Americans. And I think they hear the insults and they're rightfully, you know, to me that I'm rightfully insulting them. But this is where we get lost in like, you know what? I actually don't like them, but they are people. I, I can't really like, I'm not able to bridge that either because I have anger. And I think this is where we get lost in like, I think we all want the same things. I just think we aren't aware that there's enough resources for everyone. Well, I also think though that, I guess this is part of the thing to me is that I, I actually think it it's good if the Republican party were a healthy conservative party. I think that would yeah. be good. But I don't but more think... fiscally, right? Because I think they've gone so far into radicalism. I don't know if they're conservative anymore. They're trying to change. They're, not. they're trying to change they're not. things. It's 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 a whole other thing. Yeah, it's not and conservative think... if you're trying to change. Ra like radicalize is literally the opposite of conservative. Yeah, it's it's not it's not. I just like I just like solutions. I just want to see solutions. how do we fix mm. how do we fix. So if we go, Interesting. I don't, I don't, th I think it's insane that I can look outside in Los Angeles and see Lamborghinis and shit going by <sighs> and also people without housing. That yeah. seems fucking crazy to me. But what makes me different is I'm not just, it's, it's not a thing where I look at it and I go, that guy bought a Lamborghini. Fuck that motherfucker. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like that, that's not. <laughs> you want to fix the system in a realistic way. And you know, like, because if, because, yeah, I have, I mean, we're in comedy. We constantly have Marxist friends who are saying like, you know, fuck capitalism, be commies, but then they also go home and that's nice. But, and I'm not saying they should give up their house and they probably would if you said like prove it like they would, but I'm like, that's not the point. But the point is like, we all have these boundaries and what makes us feel safe. I don't think the solution to creating more resources is to um, vilify others for wanting to feel safe. Perhaps it is we can get to this point where like maybe you don't need the Lamborghini to feel safe, but like if you just take it from them, oh, that's not going to feel great. So yeah, maybe we don't need that right now, but maybe we can work to this place where there's like more parity instead of just like overnight burn it down, you know? Well, I, 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 I get that. I think I'm coming from a different place. Okay. Well, can, I, I want to add one thing about my past just so, because I, I don't know how much you know about like, um, like, I don't know how much you've talked to like Marxists and stuff, but I think a lot of comedians are very leftist. And this is where yeah. I get caught up because my family is from Taiwan and Taiwan, we lost our country in the Chinese 
civil war yeah. to communists. I don't really think anybody's done communism the way it's like Marx wrote about, to be fair. But I also know like a lot of people have tried. So I'm like, what makes us think we're going to do it? And when I hear like, especially like a lot of white male comedians like talk about how we should burn down the system and everything is anarchy and Marxism. And then I'm like, I agree with you on so many of the other things. Like they're out there protesting for Black Lives Matter. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Like they're donating to programs. Like that's great. And then they're like, communism and they're like no and they're like no capitalism sucks i'm like my family lost our country and then they go quiet and they're like oh well you know so i'm like you're not really seeing the picture there because i like american freedom i just think it could be better well yeah that's where i come from but i think that a lot of it is this is my view i think that a lot of them fucking pose them <laughs> poser. And, and, and the reason that I Ollie. say that can you is, even can you even do an Ollie? You're such a poser. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I the reason I say that is to me, mm. someone saying I believe in anarchy is fucking crazy, <laughs> and they've never it, it, it like to me saying that I'm like, okay, well, then you've never been in a place where the neighborhood is really crime ridden, yeah. and you can't have anything, and you have to worry like because. Mm. Anarchy is, I will fucking knock you out in the middle of the street and no one's going to do anything about it unless you, there's, it's chaos. Yeah. I, I like, I, you know, the whole idea is ordered liberty, right? Like there's no huh. liberty without order. That's a social contract, <laughs> because, but there is a spectrum, I think. I, well, I yeah, think, but I yeah. guess, I guess what I mean is the same thing with like, like you're saying with Taiwan and communism and so part of the thing about it is it is inherently totalitarian yes it has to be because the whole idea of well we we need a we we're basically basically in a force everybody to be part of the same thing mm -hmm. right and the thing is if you go well i don't want to be part of that thing it blows the whole fucking thing up <laughs> yes and that's number one and number two it is premise on people not ever being flawed in a way yeah. That people won't be selfish and self-dealing and things like that, because what always brings those systems down is people get at the top, they become, you know, they're corrupted by the power of that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the people who are supposed to be taken care of are waiting in lines for, for basic necessities and things like that that the state gives them. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is not desirable. <laughs> like, yeah. it just isn't and well, i and i i think that part of it comes i think that a lot of people that i've talked to i think they think it means free college free health care i think don't get me wrong i think there are some real people who've sat and read the text and they agree with it and i think there are other people who are like i think it means free college free health care and then mm -hmm. otherwise and it's still me waiting in line for an iphone Mm. well that's the reality is there's not it's it's not because it's we're not there yet it's harder to imagine so i think the realest way to actually achieve it is to actually do the steps it would take to get there which i think uh i don't remember if you we i think we talked about obama before we started recording but like obama gets um called a centrist because he understood politics and how to actually like i've heard him on a podcast talk use the metaphor of like steering a ship like you first you can't, you have to steer it slowly where you're like turning it degrees and then eventually it goes closer to where you want to go. But it's not as fast as a speedboat. 
Right. And I understand that it doesn't mean I have to like it, right? Like I could actively say, hey, I will love a world where there are no people who don't have food and shelter. But to snap my fingers and burn down the rich people's house and distribute the money, that also feels wrong. I, I in my heart, see everyone as people, even bad people. And I'm like, well, that's what you're doing is creating a cycle of abuse. Like if I did that, which people in history have done, there's like the Indian Revolution, there's like, you know, like the French Revolution. If I were to literally burn down a rich person's house, even if I hated them and they had kids or whatever and they survived, and if they didn't survive, that's implying we're killing them, which is really bad. I'm creating trauma, which in generations from now, when I'm doing well and I've created this utopia, that generation of kids is going to be fucking angry and they're going to use their trauma. It's just going to start the cycle over. Like it doesn't work to just like, I, I just don't think it works when you completely dehumanize any group, no matter how hateful, because you, then you have to live with this fact that you like right. turn on your own people. I don't know. It's, right. it's, it's right. really, I also, I also feel like I don't think I guess that's what I guess that's kind of one of the things is like, and it does feel wild because I'm like, man, I remember I felt like I was like really, really to the left, and now I feel like I'm very much not like, and I didn't change. <laughs> I think I, I, I think you here, are but. though. I think that you're just a lawyer, so you consider all sides, which and you're taught to, and a lot of people don't, but doesn't mean that. So I think like what you calling them posers is funny but true because. By behavior, you can see that a lot of these people are not as radical as they're saying, right? The people who line up for the iPhones, but are out there like throwing fire. Like, I. But it's also it's also inconsistent. Yes. I guess what I'm saying because yeah. to me it's interesting to be like I hate the two party system. We should have one communist party. It's oh fucking God. crazy. That is insane, <laughs> and I hopefully nobody actually thinks that. But I will say, okay, you you describing <laughs> it the way that power corrupts. Um, I think there's another way to phrase it because I think it's true that power corrupts, but I think it's more just like nobody is incorruptible because it's not always nobody power. And just I've seen like, you know, open micers with no credits to their name be abusers. So it's like no, yeah. nobody is incorruptible. And if we including ourselves and if we first understand that, I think we'll at least be starting from a place of reality. And then on top of that, it's this idea that you it's more important to design a good system that can be fixed for errors. And I love to talk about robots and you mentioned iPhone. So I'm going to work in this metaphor, but like, let's say you design a really great iPhone and it's like really great and you code and it's like got all these like features and it's a great system. I can guarantee we design a good system, but I can't guarantee that every single iPhone will work. You might get one that's faulty, but guess what? As a big company like Apple, I create a warranty. I create a program. I create a genius plan so you can feel safe about buying my great system and then if you get the faulty one just turn it in and get another i think we need to think of government like this like i think if we fix the system and not just put all of our cards on one like you know jesus figure i think it will help us more because we lose everything when that person gets corrupt because we lose our god essentially and they're not the system like the system is right. there to make us feel safe and the people are there to drive the ship but without a ship you can't go anywhere anyways i changed right. the metaphors halfway through but <laughs> right but i but i agree with that but i actually think that's pretty much the system we have <laughs> the one you just described yes we have everything we need right now legally to go back to a place of humanity but so i but i think it will take people seeing the truth and a lot of people and 
I also because this is a therapy podcast, I I and and I do really believe this. I think a lot of times it's just people not understanding their own trauma. And we've gotten to this place in society where like collectively now we're all going to be trauma bonded from just quarantine on top of other traumas we all individually have. And then there's like leaders with power and trauma. And so much of these like patterns are just out of not dealing with their own issues. And I'm not talking about like you have to have one bad thing that happened. Like it's compounded, right? Like the way you see the world, like the way you feel um, judged, the way you feel like you this, you know, you worked hard, so you deserve everything you have or that people are to get you like at every level. There's people who have these beliefs and it turns into like patterns of abuse if it's not reasoned with. So yeah. I don't know. Well, I also think that like, and I guess I should clarify when I say <laughs> that I think we have the system that you're talking about. I mean, I think we have all the tools to make it better. To fix it. And I, and I think that that's the thing that makes me like very much like an Obama style Democrat, because I actually, <laughs> I actually do really believe in pretty much all of the shit. Yeah. Like all of the like American shit, I pretty much believe in it. And, and it's not, and I guess, I guess I get that it's hokey, but I think it's kind of, I don't know. I just don't really think cynicism is that cool. And I, mm. I feel like right now it's like very trendy to be really cynical, but I don't actually think that shit is that cool. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's kind of easy. Okay. And I think that um, for me, it is a situation where I, again, I think people should, we should, there's no reason ever for a country this wealthy to have people without food, shelter, and health. Yeah, I agree. I, all I care about is if we, as far as rich people go, I don't, I don't really give a, like, I, I, I care that they're paying the appropriate amount of taxes. If it's pay, if we're paying enough to provide for our people where we have, then I don't give a fuck how much money Bezos yeah. has. Well, that's the <laughs> reality care. is we, these complaints come out of needs not be met. And I don't think people right. always want to understand. Uh, People don't really want to reckon with that, like criticizing billionaires, which I do too, but I truly am. I don't care if people have money. I actually think having money makes me wet, you know, but like I don't want a lot of money unless everyone has it. Doesn't mean I don't like money. I just am taking all the facts like, yeah, make me a billionaire, but then please do it after everyone has it, you know, like I I just think we should. So I think the essential problem is we really sort of broke this is my view and I can't act like I'm the most informed person <laughs> like the like the law stuff is really more about I, I, I it makes me more suspicious of breaking institutions because <sighs> I I feel like you can see why things were set up the way they were there's generally yes. a reason it's not usually it just set random. up some way for no reason and i feel like sometimes people are kind of like reflexively like it was set up for it's like it wasn't necessarily that everything was set up well for. you have to consider like, other sides when in law right i mean i've never been a law school that's the entire thing i imagine it's all about <laughs> understanding even if you think you're taking one side it's all about like what are all the angles people could take so it's about information and i don't think people like Sometimes people say they want information. I mean, have have you ever had someone like ask for notes and then you're like, okay, and then you do, and they're like, I thought you're my friend. You're like, you didn't want. <laughs> then you should have been like, I want a compliment. You didn't want notes. You wanted a compliment. Yeah. You know, it's like, do you want information or do you want to feel good? Like, 
I cannot promise you the information is good, but I can promise you it is true. Right. I and, and I guess I I don't want to make it sound like I don't have critiques of capitalism. I think the <laughs> issue is we've let government get too close to hmm. business. Like I almost think of business as almost like a um, like a fifth estate sort of thing. Hmm. And to me, it should be a situation where government is not super tight with them so that mm -hmm. the rules aren't set up in such a way where we're not taxing people and we're not providing for people. Cause I think it's crazy that we spend a shitload of money on a bunch of fighter planes and shit. We don't even use that shit. We have nuclear weapons. It's literally designed <laughs> to make people rich, but what, okay. No. I question that's more pertaining to your personal life that it does affect this. I think, are you an only child or do you have siblings? I have, old, I have two older brothers. Okay. So you're the youngest. Yeah. Interesting. I'm just curious because sometimes I sometimes like to um, like pa not parallel or transpose government uh, or views about politics onto family because it's kind of like a bigger family. And the one like key thing for me, I've I've recently realized is like whenever people try to do a one solution, like Communist Party, or whatever, I'm like, you can't even get everyone in a family to all want the same thing. Like literally you can have a small family of four and like or three and be like, I want you to grow up and be a football player and go to Harvard. And your kid can be like, I want to be an artist, dad. And that's it, like they're a person and that's it. You, you bore them, they're a person and that's you can maybe like make them have a hard time but they're gonna have what they want and that's it. So when I think of governments just totally being like, here's the rules, do what I say, like it just won't work because it doesn't even work on the smallest, easiest of levels where you <laughs> share blood and you love each other. Like, I don't know. So I was just curious because I think um, the way you grow up in like if you shared resources and had siblings sometimes affects the way you see like the distribution of wealth as well. Well, yeah, and it, I guess when I think of the distribution of wealth, it, it is, a th again, I think it's, it's for me, it's pragmatism versus ideology. Because like I've talked with one of my friends who was like, ideologically, billionaires should not, they just should not exist. And I was just but like- they do exist. I was like, the reason it's, a, <laughs> to me, the reason it's a problem is that you have, a, a line of tents out there uh-huh if we didn't have if we didn't have that i wouldn't give a fuck about somebody having a billion dollars <laughs> yeah, if everyone had enough like, to eat and live and be happy we know none of us would care if someone had a billion dollars yeah well I, I i think ideologically some people are just in the like space of it just should not be the case that anyone has that much look money. we all like, could go out and get a cat right there's cats are abundant you could find a cat for free on craigslist you could find a cat in the alley you can steal a cat whatever and then there's people with like 100 cats there's like cat people nobody is out here i mean besides the fact that they're not humane but nobody's like it's not fair kendra has four cats and i just have one cat because we don't want cats okay if you don't want a cat you don't have a cat if you want a cat you have a cat i think yeah. it's i mean i know this is a silly analogy but it's sort of similar to, is what i'm getting is like it's not it's this idea of scarcity and value. If I don't necessarily think people would care about, I don't, I, I know you're saying that people would still be against it, but I feel like if it was like cats, I think people would be like, sure, you could have a hundred cats. Fine. I don't like you, but. Well, no, I, well, I agree. I just, I just, I guess I'm just saying like, I was talking with my, with my friend about it. And uh. I was like, and he's not even that super left or whatever, but I was like, well, the issue is that we need to make sure that everyone has enough. And 
past that, I mean, like I, I care about more about equality of opportunity is to me the thing. And I think, again, I think it ultimately just comes down to how you view what government is supposed to do and how you view the relationship of people to the state and to each other. And to me, the reason that I don't think that socialism and communism ultimately in a grand scheme are better is because they are sort of one size fits all. And they're, yeah, you know, they go, okay, we can do co-ops for this and that kind of stuff. But I just think they're just inherently less flexible. Well, yeah, and, yeah. And they're not, um, so, well, you're kind of describing a specific type of leftist. It's a very, like, cynical, what you said. It's anti. They're not necessarily proposing, like, I don't love billionaires or the idea of it, to be yeah, honest. I, I mean, I don't love billionaires. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like, whenever I <laughs> criticize them, I, I try to take the, like, opposite spin instead of criticizing. Like, I also kind of have a solution-oriented brain. And a lot of them are more comedic, but sometimes I'll say it, and I'm like, yeah, we, we could, this would work better than what we're doing now. Like, I like the idea of flipping, like, instead of punishment, um, reward, but actual reward, real value for good behavior and less punishment for bad behavior, assuming people are just going to have bad behavior, but real, actual worthy rewards for good behavior would actually increase good behavior instead of putting the value into avoiding getting caught, which is where we are. Like, if it was something like um, simple, uh, like, all uh, I used to work in retail and all stores have like a budget of like uh, loss prevention because you're just going to get stuff stolen. That's part of it. It's built in the budget yeah. because of that. And there's a cycle and because people who really steal a lot or like there's people who steal for thrills. They know this. They know there's a certain window you can get away with. If you don't get caught, it's in the budget. This is like a preventative slash like punishment way of doing things. But if you had a store that had let's say you literally were like, I have an expensive watch store and I invite you, I challenge you to come and steal a watch. And you, and I, let's say you get good security with robots or whatever that you really can't steal it or you can't steal it and get away. It's hard. But I go, if you can walk out of the store and we don't catch you, it's yours. No punishment. But if you can't, no punishment. We stop you. We get it back. That's it. No punishment. No, no fear. Come and try us. I don't think a lot of people would do it. Some people would, but ultimately they're like, oh, damn. I guess it's really hard to steal from the store, but you would have to follow the rules, but also budget wise, kind of similar budgeting to loss prevention, but it's a little mm -hmm. different. You're kind of, and now if you really want to reward people, maybe you could have some sort of other program where like come to our store every like, I don't know, 10,000 person gets a free, you know, something. So you're kind of creating this positive atmosphere and experience for going to the store and trust. And then you trust the people who come by from you. They trust you and you create an experience and a family. And I just think that not all families do this to begin with. So I don't really think we do this as a government, but that's how I want the government to be is like reward based. And then everyone just starts from a good place. And if you fuck up, you do because people fuck up. And then it's like, all right, well, you're not going to move up for fucking up, but try again. Yeah, I, I think that like, that's what I mean. I think there's needs to be sort of a floor yeah. that you can't, that no citizen can fall under because otherwise what the fuck is the point? It's like this yeah. pandemic, right? And they sit and they go that, you know, the Republicans pull the 
insides of their pockets out and they go, oh, shit, we can't give everybody $600. And then what they do is they turn and they uh, they spend a whole bunch of millions on F-35s and Trump mm-hmm. goes and he pulls out a new start. And then they go, uh, what are you going to do if it starts an arms race? And then they go, well, we'll just spend Russia and China into the dirt. And you go, well, fuck, if you could do that. Give you ought to be able yeah. to give my friend 600 fucking dollars. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> so to me, it's, it's priorities. I think that it's getting back to, and so I, I don't know, I guess like maybe there are some people who are like, well, the only way you're going to do, you're going to be able to fix those priorities is to break the whole thing. I don't agree with that. I think yeah. that, we can put a floor under which no one can fall I like by that. actually breaking up, like increasing competition by breaking up monopolies, mm-hmm. increasing taxation, uh, increasing, you know, how you tax on shit like offshores and shit like, 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 mm. I, but also spending our fucking money differently. Like we, like, like, the amount of money we spend on like just shit we don't need and like and i mean like the government obviously you know people like running around or consuming and doing whatever they want and i guess that's what i mean is i don't mean the individual i mean the government yeah so, yeah i see i don't really care but i think it all trickles up it. I, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trickle up economist. Um, well, okay. I mean, this is for sure. There's so much more I want to say, but I think we're nearing the end. So I'm going to start wrapping it up, but I'm maybe we can talk more about this another time, but I have okay. a game to end. And originally okay. I wrote a game for you, but also there, there's another game that I've been doing that actually might be more closer to what we're talking about. So you can pick. So first one that was based on your, uh, feelings wheel It's called feelings wheel of fortune. And the second one is where I just, it's kind of like you get to create your own government, but you have three rules. Okay, so this is not scary. Yeah, Yeah, this is not scary. It's fun. So um, basically on Comedy Quarantine, you shared a feelings wheel with us, which I just love so much. Um, Yeah, your therapist gave you a wheel that tells you how to define your feelings. So I loved it so much. And basically, okay, here's what it is. So life is a wheel of fortune and we are a wheel of feelings. And this statement is a wheel of cheese. This is a very simple game of feelings taboo. Basically, I'll give you a scenario, like a specific scenario. And then it's like taboo. I'll give you a few like feeling words you can't use. And then tell me how the scenario would make you feel without using those words. It's kind of feelings wheel inspired because you got to be okay. specific, right? Okay. Ish. Okay. Okay. Um, you have a chemistry test for a pilot at 10 a.m. Woohoo! You mapped you mapped it the night before, and it will take 30 minutes to get there. You miss your alarm and wake up at 9:30 a.m. and realize it's in Culver City, not Studio City, and will take you an hour and a half to get there. How do you feel? Taboo words: mad, sad, angry. Uh, terrified. Hmm, that's a good one. Damn. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting anxiety thinking about it. Uh, okay, next one. You found a wallet on the floor and there's $500 in cash inside and a phone number. You call the phone number and the woman who picks up says she fucking hates the person whose wallet it belongs to, that he is a bad guy that has done bad things. How do you feel? Taboo. Confused, excited, scared. Uh, I would say that I feel confused because... That's taboo. Eh. 
Oh wait, confuses. Okay. These are the so, words you can't use. Don't oh, okay. you can't use confused, excited, or scared. Confused, excited, or scared. Um, I would say I would feel annoyed because that wasn't the fucking question I asked you, lady. <laughs> the question I asked you was how whose is this and how do I give them their fucking money back? <laughs> cool. That's good. Okay, final one. Your favorite musician is in town for a concert. You're debating buying a ticket, but you're not sure if you should spend the money on it. It's quite expensive. Your best friend knows you love this musician and texts you that their aunt knows the lighting, lighting designer and asks if they wanted to take a friend for free and they thought of you immediately. How do you feel? Taboo. Just one word. Happy. You can't use happy. How do you feel? Uh, excited. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Nice. That's it. That's oh, yeah. the game. I don't know. I wanted to talk about the feelings wheel. All right. Feelings, that was great. Cool. Uh, okay. What was that? Oh yeah. Do you, what do you want? The, you feeling, wanna... the feelings wheel is weird. It's very, <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I think she's largely abandoned it. She hasn't really brought it up, brought it up anymore in my therapy sessions because it seemed too difficult for me. <laughs> it looked hard. It was a lot of feelings. I couldn't even, I yeah, mean, it did like I describe it correctly? Like... I, or how how would you describe well, it's like, it? like, you know, it's just like a big, you know, you can Google it and there's mm -hmm. like all kinds of pictures of them. It's just like a big wheel and it radiates out. <laughs> and there are different tiers of more complex feelings mm. under each thing. And so like, you know, in the middle is like the average dude who's like happy, mad, <laughs> sad, whatever, like the most like uh -huh. sophomoric levels. And then it gets more and more specific and gives you options yeah so like under sad it'll be like depressed anxious like whatever yeah. and then like under those those will have even more specific ones and i guess the idea is to get you out of saying you know oh i feel uh feel happy and being able to more articulate exactly how it is you feel in the interest of being uh able to communicate your feelings better um Hmm. I was not good at the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I mean, even I love to talk and I used to just say like, I feel bad. That, that's what I literally would say. And I started to like get better at it and recently got better at in relationships, which is where it's hardest for me to bring up feelings before I even know what they are. Cause I'll be like, cause I used to be like, I got to hold on to feeling and figure it out before I decide like, is this a relationship I want to be in or not? And then that's when you get in a situation where you're like already checked out. But now I'll be like, I, I want to, but I'm anxious. And I'll be like, I don't know why, but here's all the things I could describe. And then if someone trusts you and is a loving partner, they'll be like, okay, yeah. Oh, and then they'll add it to it. And then you're like, oh, maybe I was just anxious because of something that has nothing to do with, you know, like it's, it's hard to do because until you start, you have no idea what you're feeling. Oh yeah. Cause I'm like the king of fine. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fine. Yet well, I'm fine. upset, but not at you. I just don't want to talk to you, but I like you. And you're like, something's going on here. What? Why well, am I no, ignoring I, this I, I text even, even like though that. I love you? Yeah, you know? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm just like, I'm fine. <laughs> like literally in, in my therapy session today before like she goes, uh, she goes, uh, how was your week? Don't say fine. <laughs> 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 because I just am always like, I don't know. I think I'm always like inclined to not really be like, that expressive of my feelings but also yeah. because i think part of it is like just like a dumb dude of like oh i have no feelings and shove it all <laughs> shove it all down but then there's also kind of a little bit of this like 
you know, eh, who gives a shit? <laughs> so it becomes fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll say that. I say that about, I say fine. <laughs> Anytime anybody asks me something like, I'm almost always fine. That's funny. Well, it's yeah. just like my default. I don't even think about the question. Literally, I feel like anytime I say it's fine, I'm like, it's never fine. Um, okay, well, that brings oh. us to our final game because we've talked so much about politics. I want to know in your society, what are the three rules everyone would have to follow? No magic. So, okay, I have to lawyer this a little. Yeah, sure. That's okay. So, when you say rules, what do you mean? And what I mean by that is, do you mean laws or do you mean like government? principles kind of no rules so for example i could say you have to be five eight to live here oh okay like i mean that's a stupid one but like it's not (laughs) magic but yeah you would exclude a lot of people but uh so then yes and the consequences are real is that what this is no no no, i mean the consequences are real right like everyone dies under five (laughs) well like you don't die necessarily but the consequences would be real so like if i mean that's a stupid one but if Actually, someone once gave that to me that everyone's the same height. But I said, without magic, that would mean you would have to have a really strict immigration policy and you would have to put a lot of money into and probably people who are born, you would have to like put them somewhere else until they grew to that. Like, so well, that it's, ma- it's not no magic, but you can create weird rules that would never exist in real life. So that's okay. why I say it's not a law, but it's yeah. three rules. No, it just got, it just gave me the idea of like uh, a society run by women on Bumble where oh God. every dude, every dude under 5'8 is put in a camp. Oh no. <laughs> I... um, sorry. <laughs> to get out, you um, have to get into a serious relationship. They're just like, no. They're just <laughs> and they don't want to get out at all. Work, it's a work camp. They're like, You're fuck under five this. Eight. Don't. You're under, but we don't want to see you on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> who are you talking so, to on Bumble? Damn. I'm doing pretty good. Mean. Five, five, ten. <laughs> so I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. So I would say, uh, here's the thing. Here's what's weird. I know you're lawyer. You're lawyering this for sure. I'm not, but I, it's one of these things that I try to be cognizant of because anytime I talk about government, it's, it stops being funny. <laughs> okay utopia then this is not imagine that everyone okay. outside is not dead they can choose okay this is a experimental island or it doesn't have to be an island but it's experimental you can go but you have to follow the rules so don't nobody's gonna die if they're not in this you know all right so this would be my first rule no speed limits okay no speed limits i love no speed limits first rule okay no speed limits but but uh-huh uh that's only on the highways, which would be like uh, like an Audubon system where you can go like 180 from like Denver to LA. Damn. And okay. like a straight shot. But you can't, you know, not just like fucking around out here. Okay. Like okay. not like that. Not only regular streets, but highways, okay. no speed limits. Um, let's see. What else? Do you have to be a uh, good driver to enter or anyone can get on those? I mean, you gotta have a license. Hmm. So, like, you if know, I was my first day, first day with a license, I could drive my car there. Yeah, you can. You drive your car, and if you get on the highway, you know, like Germany has the Autobahn. Mm-hmm. Montana used to not have speed limits. Like, Autobahn. and you can just, you know, and max it out. 
(laughs) You know, once you're on the highway and, you know, obviously you can still be sued and stuff. You crash, (laughs) cause damage, whatever. But like, you know, I I, I don't know that we necessarily need to be babied on the highways the way we are. Sure. Um, Okay. And let's see. So that I would, I would say that. I would say um, we have. Let's see, what would else? What else would be a really cool one? This is kind of a hard question. You um, wanted three. I said you could just do one. I know you. You said, wanted three. I, I know. I know. I know. Um, I would say uh, more weekends than weekdays. Oh. So the weekend is Thursday to mm-hmm. Tuesday. So you only have to work on Wednesday. <laughs> okay. You only have to work on Wednesday. Wow, wow, bold. Right. You only have to work on Wednesday unless you want to. Okay. But you know what? I'm going to change this rule. I'm going to change the rule. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> instead of like no, like every week, every, almost the whole week is the weekend. <laughs> Just the weekend. Because that wouldn't be any good. What about what what about the people who work at the places you want to go on the weekend? But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm changing the rule. I'm not going to say that anymore. Okay. Instead, I'm going to say everybody gets at least uh hmm. at least 2 months like like summer vacation style. Ooh, that's good. Everybody gets like 2 months of vacation. You can't it, you can't necessarily take it all at once. Uh-huh. But you have, everybody has eight weeks of vacation every year that they can separate how they want. uh, And, you know, so they can do that stuff. And also, uh, I think (laughs) it would be good if Mm -hmm. everyone gets to fly for free. Ooh, that's cool. Who would pay free for flights? it? The Who government? Would pay for it? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll worry about it later. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like an, well, you know, I, I would have to see a little bit more to decide if I would want to live here. Cause I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm definitely like more of a, a safety person in, in my blood, I'm scared, but, but I, I, I could see it working. This no speed limits flying for free. I like that. Well, yeah, you know, we will build it out. We'll build yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. You okay. know, there'll be like a nice little, like a lane over here. You don't Very have transportation to heavy, uh, constitution here we have. Yeah. Or maybe we even go, <laughs> I mean, I like driving fast. I guess there, yeah, it is kind of transportation. No, I like it. So that's it. True. Um, I, I dig it. I'm sure a lot of people would love to live on this world. Um, so can you tell the listeners where to, follow you find you if they want to like check out your comedy anything like that you can find me at uh troy walker esq on instagram and twitter cool and And, go ahead and also uh on the cancel podcast with uh, caleb sign yeah and uh you know and there's stand-up i'm on stand-up shows on occasion (laughs) and uh yeah Sweet. <laughs> follow Troy. He's very funny. Um, you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me on L- L- uh, no. <laughs> follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Larissa T. Thanks for coming on the show, Troy. Thanks for having me.
Hey y'all, I'm Ava. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of Gender Fluids. If you want to listen in to some irreverent and uncouth conversations about sex, gender, kinks, and fetishes, then this is a podcast for you. We have new episodes out every Wednesday, so go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. You can also follow us on our Instagram at genderfluidspodcast if you want a daily dose of dirty, dirty sex memes. This has been a hoo-ha-ha podcast.